Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Bing bong, bing 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 bong, bing 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 bong, bong bong, bong bong bong. Welcome to Suggestible Podcast. Uh, the podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to, and James makes random sounds. Mwah. Oh, my sounds are random and yours are normal, are they? <laughs> yeah, mine, mine are beautiful and thought-provoking. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. We are married. We recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. And we tell you the truth. Do we? Do we really? Yeah. We do. We tell you the truth. We tell like it is. But you can't handle it. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> What's happening? I don't understand. I was Jack Nicholsoning it. That's my vibe. I'm Jack. Everyone says, Claire, why are you so like Jack Nicholson? And I say, because I watched a lot of him when growing up for some reason. I actually did. Why did I watch so much Jack Nicholson? Who knows? Because you look like Jack Nicholson. I'll take that as a compliment. Modern day Jack Nicholson. Not <laughs> Jolly. Jack Nicholson. Jolly. <laughs> Jolly. Always at the beach. Yeah, he's always always with sunglasses on with his mouth open and a weird smile. You know who I do love that I also watched a lot of? Hunt, Helen Hunt. Loved her. What's You're she doing of that now? one movie that they were in together. No, I'm thinking of that, but I watched a lot of her too. I watched her in Mad About You. Loved that. Yeah, Very was, comedic. So fun. It was all right. All right. Yeah, well, you would say that, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Aren't they bringing it back? You're Jack Nicholson. Aren't they bringing that back? All right, baby. Let's go on. Let's move it forward. I'm being Jack Nicholson. He would call you baby if we were here. He'd be like, come on, baby. I hate this. I hate this Jack Nicholson <laughs> tangent that we're on. Do you just you just hate everything in general? I do. Do you have anything to recommend this week? I certainly do. I certainly do. I'm really excited about it. Do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. What is it? So it's a song, unsurprisingly. Oh. But it comes with oh. a whole lot of context. Okay, so. You didn't even attempt any kind of the Jack Nicholsonisms. No. Into the voice, you didn't even arch an eyebrow. I can't do an accent. You know, I can't. I can't do an impersonation. You, on the other hand, have been walking around doing your Trump impression, and My now Trump I know you really want better. to do it. Well, now that you've mentioned it, no, I can't do it now that you've said <laughs> like, it. You were doing it. Excuse so- me? No, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're sending me to prison. I've lost it. <laughs> He's not going to prison. He'll you be fine. were reading our daughter's storybook last night in the voice of Trump. I heard you. I know because you were trying to make it more exciting <laughs> she was for yourself. Like, Stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. And you were like, excuse me. Excuse me. I lost it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were doing, we're going on a bear hunt, read by <laughs> we're Trump. We're going on a bear hunt. <laughs> We're going to catch a big one, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's not good. I was it's doing it better. Good. Also, I find it triggering. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just find it sorry, so. Sorry, Snowflake. Oh, that's Too me. real for you. I will own Snowflake. I love mm. being. Snowflakes are beautiful. They're all unique, precious, well, that's the. I think that's the point of the insult, isn't it? It's like, mm, you think you're so special. I know, but that's the whole the whole reason why it's so stupid and why people who call people Snowflakes are dumb. Everything's stupid, Claire. Well, yeah, I'll but also, know. no, because. 
you know, they fail to see the beauty in everything, including snowflakes. So if you want to call me a snowflake, by all means, go for it. They're beautiful, magical Excuse crystal me. things. I yeah. love them. All right. What's your Tiny, recommendation? Lovely. All right. So this is not very lovely. It's oh. ferociously feminine rage. Oh, no. And I love it. No, but it will link in with the Christmas present you gave me. You gave me a comic book on the mental load. I did. Which is very cool. Because I wanted to add to your mental load. Yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, yeah, it is It is very much reading it being like, yep, I understand that. However, I will say before I get into this mm-hmm. song, because it's a song by Paris Paloma, who is a 22-year-old singer-songwriter from the UK, and she's oh. wonderful. I love her sound and her songwriting. Before I get into it, what I will say is I think the balance in our house of mental load has shifted. I actually think you are doing the bulk of it now. Is that because I'm amazing? No, it's just because the pendulum has swung. <laughs> At the moment, because I just stopped doing it and started doing music stuff. Oh my! God. Oh, so you're not so you're not even saying that? Wow, James, you've always been a wonderful father. You are. Have you always been a wonderful but father? Now, have you always taken charge of the mental load? Hell no. However, over the last year or so, I've really noticed and I've really appreciated it because I'll tell you what people think the mental load is and then what it actually is. Because here we tell the truth. <laughs> But they can handle this particular truth. Actually, I actually don't know if everyone can handle it. So sometimes people say the mental load and they just think, oh, okay, so what I need to do is help my partner by asking them, what do you need help with? And you would think that would be a kind thing, but it's fucking bullshit. Oh, my God. Because it does not alleviate the mental load because all you're asking, you're turning your partner into a boss. So the partner is the boss of the house, you're the employee, you kind of haphazardly go to them and are like, what do you need? And then the boss has to think about it and go, well, what we need is like pasta for dinner and some meat. Can you get some apples? Oh, we also need to like get a birthday present for that party on the weekend. Oh, and we also need to book in their appointments. Can you do that? And that in itself is mental work. So when I reckon we had this chat, we had a big chat about it over the last couple of years and Mm. we actually even did lists, didn't we? Do you remember that session where you were like, I don't have time to write a list of like the mental load. I've got too much mental load. And I was like, well, this is indicative because exactly. But we did it and I wrote down everything I was doing and I really think it changed a bit of what you saw as the mental load or what was happening in the house. Potentially, I don't even really remember But but well, over time, (laughs) exactly. But over time now what has happened is it's a boss-boss relationship. We're both boss Yeah. Ladies. No, but so rather than coming to me and being like, what do we need to do next? You'll be like, so I've booked our son's um, school photographs and I've also got a present and I've replied to that parent about that particular birthday party. And I've booked in our son to this particular extracurricular thing or I've thought about something he would like and I've sent it or, you know, so. I do this by neglecting our other child. <laughs> no, you also do the same kind of thing for our daughter. And what has what it has meant is I no longer feel burdened to the point of rage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. And I just really want to point that out. And I know obviously people will be like, well, she's just heroing the man again for like doing a thing that women have been doing for centuries. But I do think it's really worth pointing out that it's not usual. And I've and I don't take it for granted for a second. And I think I'm awesome too. <laughs> so I'm not and women are awesome as well. But I, think, I do I, I think it mostly came down to like that you you got sick. Not you know. Yeah, I did. And I got so, long COVID, hey. Yeah. And I just couldn't do everything anymore. Mm. That's so true. And so it kind of took me <laughs> actually being physically incapable. Yeah, and you were told like you need to slow down. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And why I met a professional who said you just can't keep like shouldering all of this. Mm. 
And so I have to remember that because sometimes now I get the guilt that I'm not doing enough, but then I realize actually what we're doing is just more equal. Because there's also something that happens, which I don't think people always say, is the mental load also comes with a boost of self-esteem and a little bit of smuggity smugness. Sure, okay. Of like, and victimy a little. I mm. will say that as well. Also, it's bullshit and it's a, it's a huge thing that women have to grapple with. But there is an element too of, well, I do everything and aren't I amazing and everyone else is the worst. And And, and sometimes you have to, you don't have any choice in the matter. And it's exhausting, but then also there is a little bit of letting go of that control that is difficult. So mm. I will say you can handle the truth because that sounds really harsh. But Jack Nicholson, there is a bit of that. Hey, where you do have to, as the partner who is ostensibly doing the bulk of the mental load, you have to also be willing to let the other person kind of stuff up as mm. well and not do it the way that you would want it done, but still have it it's done. Like watching your kid put a bowl in the dishwasher, <laughs> and you're like. Ugh. It's not even good. I'm going to have to. We just put it in upside down. You didn't scrape anything out of it. Yeah. You didn't but, scrape anything out of but it. But what's interesting about that too is it's kind of like learnt helplessness or something. Mm. Um, and it happens and they know statistically with newborns as well. No mother is born just innately knowing what to do with a newborn. Mm. They learn how to change nappies. They learn how to bath them. They learn how to feed Weaponized them. Weaponised incompetence, I believe. Yeah, this is exactly right. And so there's a piece in all of it where you do just have to let the partner that – previously was not doing any of the mental load, do it, miss appointments, forget things, yep. which you yourself have done on the road to knowing how to be competent and all not of me. these things. Never forgotten anything. Anyway, that is all to say. Back to Paris Paloma. So oh, what yeah. I so for this she's re- released a song very recently um called Labour, mm-hmm. which a friend of mine Flick sent to me and I just fell in love with it immediately. And so her songs channel the experience of womanhood They speak into fury, grief, love, death, and power. They're mainly kind of poetry. They draw on mythical figures through art history and the romantics. It's kind of like dark folk pop, which obviously is sort of in my wheelhouse. Dark folk Um, pop. Yeah, but this particular song is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the reasons it is is because it speaks into this this exact thing, the idea of that mental load, the labour, and particularly this is not sung by someone who has kids. It's more about someone being in a relationship where she's doing everything for their partner. And and it's it's almost talking about a kind of coercive control relationship and the idea of what a man or that this particular toxic man in the relationship wants her to be, which mm. is like there's a line in it, nymph and a servant, kind of like, wanting to be both sexy and, you know, this kind of like sexual being but also wanting them as a servant Mm. and the idea that women sometimes do fall into that role of being, yeah, in servitude to men for history, right? But also taking on so much of that like domestic labour that they didn't expect to be. Mm. And I think even though this song is sung by someone who's 22 and hasn't had kids yet, it very much speaks into a very familiar pattern for women where they fall in love with someone and they think they're going to be their saviour, which is kind of another lyric in the song. And then what happens is they end up taking on all of the extra bullshit domestic load scrubbing dishes and like cleaning the house and doing all these additional chores. And so what they thought and what society sells them as this kind of ideal for them, they get chosen by someone, they get married, it's all going to be wonderful. And instead they ended up being 
I'm just buried beneath all of the additional labor and workload that yeah. goes unseen and unpaid. And so it's just, it's so good. I'll read you just a couple of the lyrics to kind of give you a sense of it. Please. It's on Spotify. So you can. Spotify. It's really great. It's very intense. It's a lot of rage. And the video clip is also excellent. It's really disturbing. She's kind of eating like a something bloody. There's like blood kind of going over and she's like staring at her partner, obviously, who's across the room. And it's in this kind of medieval candlelit dining room. It's very disturbing, but I just love it. So these are some of the lyrics. Apologies from my tongue and never yours. Busy lapping from a flowing cup and stabbing me with your fork. I know you're a smart man and weaponize the false incompetence and its dominance under a guise. This is really heartbreaking to me too. If we had a daughter, I'd watch and could not save her. The emotional torture from the head of your high table. She'd do what you taught her. She'd meet the same cruel fate. So now I've got to run so I can undo this mistake. At least I've got to try. The capillaries in my eyes are bursting. If I love died, would that be the worst thing for somebody I thought was my saviour? You sure make me do a whole lot of labour. Yeah, it's damn. just like then the bridge is like all day, every day, therapist, mother, maid, nymph, then a virgin, nurse, then a servant, just an appendage, live to attend him so that he never lifts a finger. 24-7 baby mis- machine so he can live out his picket fence dreams. It's not an act of love. If you make her, you make me do too much labour. My goodness. I know. It's great though. This and sounds like also, a shot at me personally and I'm not But it's not, not at all. And that's no, why Claire, I take that personally. This <laughs> no. woman who doesn't know me is clearly out to get me. <laughs> no, but that's I guess what I wanted to premise this with, that mm. it's not at all. But I do think it's a very familiar story that we see yeah. in a lot of playing out in all kinds of different ways in relationships and um it's also just a banger. Like it's a really catchy song. I know it sounds quite dark, but it's also just really well produced and I really enjoyed it. So yeah. her name is Paris Paloma. She's got lots of other music as well, but that's her latest single. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's like. You love a, it's it. A, I love it. It's a great, it's, it's really great. And I think, yeah, it just, she does like this kind of chorus towards the end where it's just like repeated chanting of that bridge. And it does start to feel like this chorus of women through history mm. just kind of shouting that they've had enough of the burden, which I feel like is happening around me. We see it everywhere in Iran, the biggest women's-led revolution in history. You mm. know, women just had a bloody gutful. Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that I'm married to someone who listens and understands that and is constantly saying things to me like, I've been reading this article about feminist theory, <laughs> which you actually do. I just want to point out I've never said or thought anything and I resent <laughs> the accusation. No, but I really appreciate it because you are constantly trying to understand more about all of it mm. and I I really appreciate it because I think our relationship is better for it and I'm certainly not full of rage like I used to be, which is great. Well, that's Actually, great. <laughs> that's not true. I am full of rage for women, womanhood as a collective. Yep. So, and obviously what's happening to the planet and everything. So, no, I am still full of rage, but just personally. But you tolerate me slightly more. No, I tolerate you heaps. (laughs) I put up with it. No, I love you. You're great. Okay, that's it. Your turn. Ooh, Claire, are you familiar with Tetris? The most popular video game of all time? Bloop, 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 bloop. That's not how it goes. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Da, 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 That's da, not da, it da. either. It absolutely is it. Da, 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 da. Really? No, isn't it? Don't they have like, they have a bloop bit. It's blooping and then the blocks fall. Listen to this. Blooping. There's, that's blooping. Blue. Yeah, okay. Yours was probably closer, but that's more blooping. No, no, not closer. 
The thing I said was right. <laughs> right. Closer. Yours was nothing and mine was correct, Claire. All oh, right, gee. How's that for feminist theory? <laughs> anyway, Tetris. There's a yes. new movie called Ooh. Tetris. What about the falling blocks? Well, then when I first heard that, I went, oh, no. Here comes another terrible adaptation of something that shouldn't be adapted. Right. Like the time they adapted the board game Battleship into the movie <laughs> Battleship. But that makes more sense. At least this is some kind of storyline. Do you think I'm joking about that Battleship thing, by no, the way? No, I certainly don't. Liam Neeson is in it, Claire. Oh, was Rihanna he, was is his in it, Claire. stolen and did he have to kick down a door nah, with a something gun? something like that. Taylor Kitsch is in it, Claire. I don't know who that is. Uh, don't worry about it. He was Gambit. Anyway, uh, they've actually written a uh, there's a movie out. Oh. It's uh, uh, written by Noah Pink and it's directed by John S. Bard. And it doesn't actually tell. It's not an adaptation of the game Tetris, mm. which is falling blocks. Mm. Here's the synopsis. Here he Hank goes. Rogers discovers Tetris in 1988 and then risks everything by traveling to the Soviet Union, where he joins forces with with the inventor Alexei Pajitnov to bring the game to the masses. It stars. Taron Egerton, as you who you might know, was the Rocket Man. You know him? Rocket Man. On the, he was in the Rocket Man movie. He played Elton John. Yes, he's He was great. also in King's Man. Rocket uh, Man. Nikita Efremov. Ayane. Toby Jones, mm. who you might know. He's like mm. a guy. He's like, hello, I'm Toby Jones. Anyway, so here's the thing about Tetris, Claire. Yes. It's the perfect game. Oh. When you look at it, you immediately understand it. It's just the perfect balance of, like, geometry and fun and, like, satisfaction when all the blocks disappear when you get the blocks and they come that's down so and whatever. That's so true. And even me, who doesn't like video games, I understand it. I play a lot of exactly. it. I enjoyed it. And that's the thing about Tetris. That's why it's so universally appealing. Like, a game can sell well. Mm. Like an Elden Ring, for example, which I know is your favourite game. Mm. But not everybody can play Elden Ring, Claire. Not everybody is as good as Elden Ring as you are. But <laughs> Tetris, you can literally hand it to anybody. And it's immediately, even like more so than like Mario, you know, yeah. immediately understand. It's like Wii Bowling, mm. but better, some would even say. Correct. Anyway, so what's interesting about it was it was made by a single man in the Soviet Union, which of course was the pre-fall of the Berlin Wall under intense communist scrutiny, Claire. Ooh, I see. Though really, it wasn't really communism, was it, Claire? When you've got you a rule, when you've still got a ruling class uh -huh. with the boot on the neck of its workers, Claire. Right. But um, which basically means, though, made under the uh, under the Soviet Union means any profit from this game goes to the state. So the guy who made the most popular game of all time makes no money. Doesn't really make any money money from it. So what what happens is a media billionaire from the UK. This is a true story. He bought the rights to Tetris to distribute it, sort of right, and was doing so, selling off the rights to various companies, but also. He didn't strictly buy the rights. Well, Russia also didn't know what they had because they don't. They didn't have video games at this point, so they didn't know they were selling like the biggest video game of all time. And they also didn't know that he was just selling the rights off to anybody, even things that he didn't, even the parts of it that he didn't own. Because when you distribute a video game, it goes to different platforms. For example, Tetris might go to a computer, Claire. It might go to a home console system. It will go to the arcade. And one of the big points of contention for this movie is that the handheld rights to Tetris, as in the Game Boy. So this game was revealed before the Nintendo released its Game Boy, right? And it was decided that Nintendo wanted to package Tetris with it because of this guy, Hank Rogers, who came across it. He's the American guy, who I guess, is the protagonist, right? Because nobody knew Nintendo had made the Game Boy. So they're like, well, we don't need the handheld rights because there is no handheld gaming that's like this at this point. So Because the Game Boy, even though it looks 
like absolute shit, Claire. I know you're you've you've gone off in another world thinking about <laughs> Elden Ring. But like I'm it was here, a, it listening. was a revolutionary piece of technology yes. and packaging packaging Tetris with it meant that anybody could play it. Everybody would want a Game Boy. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It, you could give one to your grandma, for example, mm-hmm. which I know you did. I did. So I Hank Rogers becomes aware of this, purchases some of the rights from the guy who purchases the rights from Soviet Union, and he wants to put it on the Game Boy, but that means to do so, he has to actually go to the Soviet Union and, like, ink out another deal with a, uh, with a Soviet Union government, which is in the process of falling apart. And all the higher-up officials know that it's coming apart and they're just trying to get what's theirs. By that I mean just steal like as much money as they can before the whole government collapses and they then shift into democracy or alleged democracy. Because is Russia really a democracy, Claire? You tell me. I don't know. No. So it tells that story. It's a fascinating tale. It's like it's just it's like a dramatization of how Tetris came to from the from Russia to the West. And it's also at its best when it doesn't like embellish on the story. Like towards the end, they sign the rights and the like the USSR is like, you better get out of here because people are going to be coming after you. And there's like a car chase to the to the airport and they just make it and whatever. None of that shit happens. And I think it was completely unnecessary. So the stuff where they just talk about like the specifics of it and the contract law behind it and who was trying to screw who and the money involved and the original creator and all of that, that's the interesting stuff. So this is on Apple Plus if you do want to check it out. I think you might even like it, Claire. Mm, maybe. Uh, I think you would, Claire. But the thing is the gaming historian who I've talked about before is a great YouTube channel where he's got like an hour-long documentary if you want more of like a less like dramatic. It is a very like dramatic story considering that it's Tetris. But if you watch the movie and you're looking for something like a, like what's true and what's not about this, no car chase, for example, you might want to check out that video. But, yeah, Tetris. It's pretty good. It's a movie about Tetris. <laughs> Sounds like it is really actually really good. So it's more like a, a documentary. No, it's a dramatization of a thing. Yeah, but it's a dramatization of the real story. You know, like the Facebook movie. Yes, it's like that. Yes, but yes. it's Tetris. Yes, and there's a car chase in it for yes. no reason. Well, there you go. I actually don't mind a car chase. There's a moment when they, I've talked about this in the Weekly Planet, where they reveal the Game Boy because there's a secret bit of tech, Ooh. and they're like, "You can't tell anybody about this." And they take the cover off, and it's a Game Boy, and he's like. Oh, God, it's a Game Boy. Where you look at it now and you're like. I loved a bloody Game Boy. They were bloody great. But it's revealed. Even the feel of them, so good. Well, the Game Boy was amazing and they managed to sell it for $89. Yeah, it had like a real heft to it. And by stripping the color out of it, it means it only ran on four batteries and could last for like 20 hours. Whereas like I had an Atari Lynx, which I got much later when they were like very much on the way out. Heavier, bigger, took eight batteries. You know, so the Nintendo have been re- always really good at using old technology to package it in a new way. Like even the Switch, right? Mm. That's old technology. That's like previous generations mm. video game technology, which becomes cheaper, but they package it in a way where it's just more accessible. Like the Switch means, you know, you take the controllers off and then you can suddenly play two players. Mm. It's genuinely a brilliant idea. Yeah, and they've yeah. always, not always, but they've mostly been good at that. There's been a few stumbling blocks. The Nintendo Nintendo Virtual Boy, I know you're familiar with. The Wii U. <laughs> what were they thinking, Claire? Oh, the knows? GameCube. Let us not descend the into more discussion of great, video games. Please, a great console. God. It's a great console, but they made some right. bad, uh, okay. bad choices. Can I talk about my second one now? Yeah, sure. All right, that did you actually watch the Tetris does movie too? No, I did not. You should watch it. Should I? Would you, I like it? You won't watch it. I won't watch it. Maybe no. I will. No, I actually will. 
I think it sounds really interesting. I love um, an origin story like that, particularly of something that is sort of so part of the culture that mm. you don't know anything about that. Like you just assume it just arrived. Yeah. You know, you don't really understand what, well, why it was some, there or what the And some rich people get their comeuppance. That is really satisfying. Boy, is it. Boy, is it so satisfying. All right. What do you got? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I have a book, my beautiful friend Flick, who I mentioned already. She's um, been on your podcast. She has. She sent me that song and now she's also given me a book, which I really appreciate. She did go on Tons and I'm currently working on the new season of Tons, actually. Oh, my God. So Am I in it? Little uh, little things to come Am I for in that. It? Am I in I mean, that season? No. Why but not? you could be. You've already done episodes. I, be, I bet I could We do, don't want to do I a whole other episode on Tetris, Tetris and video game lore. This book is called Set you could, Boundary. You could have me on and I could talk about how much of a good husband I am. Oh, God. <laughs> Far out. All right. Can I go now? Oh, please. You, okay. You're welcome to leave at any point. <laughs> Great. Excellent. You can take 100% of the mental load then. That was, yeah. I'll go live on an island. Set Boundaries and Find Peace is a guide to reclaiming yourself, and it's by Nedra glover Tawab. Now, I'll read a little bit about it. It says, end the struggle, speak up for what you need and experience the freedom of being truly yourself and setting healthy boundaries. So she's a licensed counsellor, sought after a relationship expert, and one of the most influential therapists on Instagram. Nedra Glover demystifies this complex topic for today's world. Oh, my God. Um, So, look, I think it's a great one that you can dip in and out of. Um, Mm -hmm. It particularly talks about things like being a people pleaser and what that means. I know that boundaries is something that, you know, people have been talking about for a while now. It's sort of like this buzzword that everyone hears, I just need more boundaries. Boundaries, please. Um, And sometimes because of that, it can start to sound a bit naff and and eye-rolly. But actually it really is a game changer. And it's interesting to me because you're someone who's always had really firm boundaries. Mm. I think, as the way that you walk walk around the world. You just kind of know what you will do and won't do and it doesn't mean that you're not kind to people and you don't go out of your way when you can for people but you also just say, no, I, I know that I need a lot of time by myself. I like to be home a lot. I like to do the things that I enjoy. And I don't like you and I won't do it. <laughs> no, but, you know, you, you're not a people pleaser is what I would say and I have been in the past quite mm. a people pleaser and I'm learning or to unlearn all of that behaviour, sure. really. I think partly because I found, like, over the last year, this music thing, and I just, I have so little time to do it other than, you know, around parenting and work commitments that I really just have had to be selfish. Yeah. And I've read that a lot about artists, and particularly men. They seem to, through history, be able to just be incredibly selfish and make what they want to make and carve out that time for themselves and they don't feel guilty about it. They just go, I'm an artist and I'm doing it. And so then women around them historically have had all their families, but mostly women, let's be real, have had to pick up the slack of everything that happens around their career mm. as an artist or as a, you know, working career man or whatever. And they just, it's happened because someone else will do it all for them. And so for me this year, setting boundaries and saying to people, I can't do that because I need to go to bed early, because 
vocally I need to be well. Yep. Um, because of also my health, I just haven't been able to work and be a friend in the same kind of level that I used to be. Yeah. And for some friends that's been fine and for other friends I think that's been difficult and I'm still trying to work through how to be um, still present and available for people and still, and I, you know, I love those friends but I also know that my time is finite and I yeah. also need time to rest. Absolutely. And Just because you've got time downtime doesn't mean you should take every second of it and, and then, you know, apply it to someone. Yeah, exactly. And so this book's been really helpful for that in terms of teaching you what a good healthy boundary is and mm. what to say to people to be able to carve out that time for yourself and then understanding that being a people pleaser isn't oh actually helping anyone. God, Nick, oh, no. Hey. I was talking about healthy boundaries and, a, and Meso's coming and ruined it. This is a regular it. party, not a dumbass party. No. It's a, no. I'll, set up a, I'll set up a mic. All right, we're almost at the end of the show, Meso. Oh, good. You've you've cracked it. You've come on in. You've ruined my. I'm setting, I'm reading this book. Set boundaries. Find peace. Wow. Would that be good for you? No, because I have to think about my life. <laughs> I don't be doing that. No, thank you. I was saying to James that you and him both have very firm boundaries in that you don't really do anything you don't want to do. Oh yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah which you know, we, we also I respect. I'm getting other. better at that's that. That is true. If yeah. One of, if one of us is like. Hey, come and do a podcast. The other one might be like, no, I will not. I won't. I won't. But only because you want it to happen. And I say (laughs) no. No. How are you, Mason? I'm doing all right. Thank you. I'm good. good. Anything happening today? Uh, well, I'm on holiday, wow. uh, which is nice. On a holiday? Yeah. A holiday with dogs and kids. Uh, I'm on holiday, so very little, uh, but the Melbourne, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is on, so I'm going to see some comedy shows tonight. Ooh, so, fun. Uh, yeah, that should be good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I haven't yeah. gone. I usually love going. I really need to get out there. I was looking at some stuff to go and see. Mm. Mm, what are you seeing tonight? Any recommendations? I don't know yet. I'm just going to get out there and see uh, what's good. I want to go see Laura Davis again. I bloody loved her Laura show. Laura Davis' show was great. Yeah. Uh, who did I see last night? I saw uh, Jordan Barr. She was very funny. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, other things. Deanne Smith was very funny. Oh, cool. In Canada. You saw Rodney Rood. Saw so Rodney Rood. Carl Barron. <laughs> uh, who's the other guy that's like Rodney Rood? Yeah, uh, Chris Franklin. Maybe not him. <laughs> so something like <laughs> something that, like yes. That. Yeah. Excellent. Big Kev? No. No. <laughs> He's dead. Kevin Bloody Wilson. That's him, yes. Yep. There you go. Yeah. He nailed definitely it. alive. I'm definitely going to Jess Perkins' show too. I'm yeah, excited. Right. I haven't seen her. Well, get in quick because tickets are selling. I've already bought my ticks. Oh. Got my little tickies already. I actually right. bought you a ticket too. Just letting you know. We well, I don't want to go. I'm setting a healthy boundary. <laughs> nice. I don't want to be seeing Jess nice. Perkins. You've nice. learned from this stupid book, it seems. <laughs> hey, guys, don't speak about Nedra like that. She's wonderful. She's very helpful. No, he said the Let book is stupid. Yeah. He didn't say she's stupid. And that's based on my healthy fear of books. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, But it's a good book, would you say? I would say it is a really good book. Yeah. I'll give you some recommendations for doing a little boundary thing. Okay. So yeah. setting some time Set for yourself every mm-hmm. day. Meso, this is what you should do. Do a wake-up stretch for two minutes. That's a long is that time. a boundary Meditate. thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like boundaries is also setting yourself things that are just for your own self-care, mm. not like taking on other people's stuff straight away, just sending some time aside for you. Do a stretch yeah. in the sun. So cough meditate up, or sit quietly for two So don't do minutes. a stretch for anyone else. Yeah. Only do a stretch for yourself. Do okay. a poop in a okay, box. Okay, this is another thing you should do. <laughs> Read something inspirational for two minutes. Oh. I know. Write down thoughts and one thing you're grateful for. 
Then recite a positive affirmation or intention for the day. Can't I just go on my phone, Glenn? <laughs> God. And Is there also- one that says go on my phone? <laughs> See, what's happened here is the energy has changed, Claire, and and you've realised midway through this list of things that out of context they're quite silly. They're probably they're good. So they're silly. probably good. Yeah, but we're going to make fun of them. Yeah. They're so silly. So there's one that's like, <laughs> I kind of meant people pleasing. Erica had a lot of people to please. Sure. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, so in trying to please everyone, however, she was left with little energy to care for herself. Mm. So what she needs to do is learn how to care for herself by all of those things, reciting positive affirmations apparently mm. will really help. And the other thing that Erica has come down with is a superhero syndrome. What does that mean? But that's but, relevant to us, yeah, I think. Well, yeah, it's important. It's, it, it's in brackets, I can do it all syndrome. Mm. Parents were murdered. But Erica can't. Mm. No like one can do it all. And mm. it says believing we can leads to burnout. Poor Erica. Well, she's so burnt out. I hope she's all right. Yeah, I don't think she is. I don't think she set enough um, boundaries for well, herself. That's, that's her problem. And she's just really struck down with superhero syndrome. Yep. I've heard it's really difficult. She's like wearing little capes everywhere. She's always fighting a giant robot downtown. Mm. She is. It's really hard. She considered just building a suit out of nanotechnology that does everything for her. <laughs> yeah. Because then she'd have plenty of time, I think. And she could even send the suit off to do the work while she mm. did some cat stretches or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Read these out, but they're too. Are funny. You, are you, is this random? Are you just, <laughs> yeah, opening, I'm just random opening pages? This is like what now. happens, like out of context, <laughs> when we try to explain a podcast, our podcast to any kind of real person, where we're like, yeah, or we try to explain a superhero universe or something like that yeah. out of context. People are like, mm, what? What? And adults do this. Well, they're not supposed to, but. <laughs> Okay, go, give us okay, one no, more. No, I can't. I can't. It's no, this is genuinely like gonna be, it's a good idea. For serious, for serious. Oh, for serious? Yeah. Let's be no, real. I, can't I can be serious, Claire. I'm putting on my serious okay, face. Okay, because this just seems really obvious to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so boundaries to consider. I say no to things I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like everything you guys do all the time. We basically say no to everything. I don't like anything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true. I say no to things that rob me of valuable time. Yep. That's mm. everything you do already. So why am I bringing this book to you guys? You it's not for us. It. There's other people listening to this Oh, probably. you don't do this though. I spend time around healthy people. No, nah, nah. we don't do that. <laughs> Just all. <laughs> Just all broken freaks. Yeah. Yeah. I, you do also do this, I would say. I reduce my interactions with people who drain my energy. And by people, I think that means everyone you Almost know. Almost anyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. that's good. What are other things? I protect my energy against people who threaten my sanity. Well, you live with me and two tiny children. That's so true. But you I don't do have do that, that fence. So, you know. That is true. Exactly. Well, some of these are very sincere and I don't want to read them in front of Mason. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a sincere bone in his body. Okay, this read is. The, read the advice, Claire. Do it. <laughs> I dare you. I, you don't have the guts. <laughs> How many are there? I'll there's, be serious about. Few. Okay. How, okay. How about there's there's eight more. Oh, okay. All right. I don't have to read them all, though. No, let's read them all. I mean, if you read them all, then nobody's going to buy the book, are they? No, are they long? That is very true. No, there's no, they're not long Great. at all. Great. Okay, here's a couple. I turn off my phone when appropriate. Oh, that's actually good advice. That's really yeah, good yeah. advice. Yeah. One thing that I do that, that ruins my life is I leave my phone, like, on my bedside table. Yeah, and in absolutely. the morning, before my brain has started working properly, I, I go, I'll just check Twitter. And then oh. my brain's ruined for the rest of the day. And because all this that makes stuff has sense. happened over yeah, 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 while yeah. we're asleep, mm. we're like, what? You, so you're, you're, it's already like nine memes deep. 
Mm. And then you got to work backwards. Well, that and also it's always like <laughs> Tennessee's made it illegal to be a woman or whatever. And you're like, oh, could people take a day off from this for once? <laughs> and then you have a bad mindset for the rest of the day. So yep. now I put my phone in the lounge room. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And it's the lounge okay. room's problem. This that's I right. think might be the best advice I've ever heard. Okay. Are you ready for it? I sleep when I'm tired. Yeah. I like feel like that's great advice. I never do that. I sneak in a nap. Yeah, you do. Care. People make fun of me. They're like, look at this guy napping. I'm like, enjoy sitting at your office, you fucking idiot. While I'm asleep. <laughs> that's so mean. That's, that's me, man. Also, that's you have the advantage of you have a couch here <laughs> yeah. if you want it to sleep. Or a bed even, a human, yeah, and, a human bed. And I'll you're alone because you set boundaries and don't Though, interact with anyone that drains fair, your sanity slash energy. When I was a teacher, I used to sleep. Lunchtime would sometimes sit and I'd be like, well, I'm just going to have a nap. And mm-hmm. I'd just crawl under my desk and have a nap. Okay, but think of those people who are not working from home. They work an office job. What, are they just going down to the lobby and just That's what, I'm, that's what I'm telling – that's what I used to do as a teacher. I'd just crawl under my desk. Oh, but to... you also don't know if there was like um, a big meeting in your future. Like you would have quit before they were like, James, can we see you in the office for a minute? I was. No, not to sleep. <laughs> no, get off my couch. No. Well, I was technically leadership by the time at end of schooling huh. somehow. Oh, bloody oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah, people would come right. to me and Fancy. go like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, well, you know – there's a lot of different pedagogies. That's what mm. I would say, basically. Yeah. And that's true. That's mm. something you could use every yeah. day. All right, I'll just do one more. Okay. This okay, one, the best this one? is just so silly. The sweet. unassailable one that we cannot criticise or make fun of. Let's go. No, I oh, know this one. I think you. This one is just I mind my business. Mind yeah, my, that's all right. Yeah, business. mind your business. Mind yeah. your business. Mind your business. Don't be looking at other people's business. They're not. That's not. It your is business. annoying when you're doing something. And someone agreed. It's not yeah, that element of it. But you know when someone like sticks their fucking head in and it's like, hey man, this has nothing to do with you. Mm. And get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would yeah, get that at work, I'd imagine. People come and complain to you occasionally about shit, don't they? Yeah, for sure. They're like, well, what's going well, on? ticket isn't working. I don't know, man. <laughs> I wish I could help, but I don't know. <laughs> That's I don't know if you want to tell this story. You could probably tell. Tell God. I don't <laughs> have any control over any of that. I'm not gonna fine you. Yeah. I don't care. Mm. The guy who started grumbling about the guy's feet on the seat. Oh yeah, <laughs> you didn't have to tell that story. Oh no, I just had out. I just had a guy on the tram the other day, like an like an old man, and he was he was um, he was grousing and he was grousing about everything. The the windows weren't open or closed to his satisfaction or what have he you. He complained to you, didn't he? Or yeah, he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he sat down, and then clearly somebody drew his ire, and he was like. You should get your feet off the seat. And then the guy opposite him just exploded and it, it ended up with this this other guy going, shut your mouth or I'll shut it for you. Just, <laughs> oh, so mind your business. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Just, just mind the, yeah, your business. That's just a guy who's like everybody has got to listen to and then reached a certain age where yeah. people are just like, no, you know. Mm. Maybe he was in charge of somebody at a small business for a period of time. Yeah. You know? Those guys hate me. They like do hate actively you. hate me. Yeah. And they always say things to me. Real rude. Real mm. mean. That guy once punched me in the leg yeah, because I was crazy. I didn't get out yeah. of his way while he was running along the path. When you were eight months pregnant. I was pregnant too. But I mean to be fair, I was taking up a lot of space, but because I'm entitled That's to an insane thing and to he could have just like man. run on the grass, but he didn't want to do that. Yeah. So he punched my leg and was like, move. Mind your business. I know. Yes. And I, real quick thinking as I am, just called after him. That wasn't very polite. Well it wasn't. Like, mm. It wasn't very polite. I no, think he's going to no take politeness. that with him to his grave. He probably he probably will. Or has. 
Or has, yeah, hopefully. Do you want me to do one more recommendation? I might save this for next week, actually, because I've got a list, Claire, and you'll appreciate this, Mason. I love a list. You know, I've never eaten real food. I've stopped eating real food in my life. Mm. Yes, it's been a many, a many year, a many a year thing that you've been doing. The most delicious not real foods that I've. uh, Okay. Because, you know, I'm always trying new things. Are these fake foods? This is a list of comedy fake foods. No, no, these are real foods. Like, you know, like just, you know, just like low-calorie snacks you might okay. enjoy, but with some, you know, mm. nutritious value, not just like... Claire, I think all his taste buds are dead, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely are. He mm. doesn't understand food anymore. What about those kind of protein bars that I've got that you're loving, that are yeah, saving your really life like literally those. every day? Yeah, I'll I talk about like that next those. week. They're great. But in the meantime, why don't people review the show enough? Do you ever worry about that, Mason? No. No? no Claire, what about you? Do you worry about it? Um, About what? People not reviewing this show? Always. Okay, good. I'm constantly worried about it. Well, but I'm trying to mind my business. I bet there's something in there that says don't even worry about Correct. it. Correct. Exactly. At this point, it's, it's surely at this point in history there'll be like a line that's just like, don't worry if people don't review your podcast. No, I don't. Yeah, I think right. you should worry. Exactly. You can actually do it in app. Just like Superman lives has, Superman. has done. Just Superman. five stars, just an app who says, Claire Tonti and her husband Nick Clement talk about content. It's very relevant, that is Mason, very because true. you're that here. That is very relevant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and have you got, a, have you got a, an email for this I week, I certainly Claire? do have a great one. So this is from Anna V. Suggest a pot a recipe for a perfect vacation. A recipe Dear Claire for and James. a vacation? <laughs> oh, God. Just Hang let on. me get through the email. Just All let right. me read it. For the love of God. I'm for setting better boundaries. Just bring my How can I get out of this situation <laughs> and stop hanging around people that drain my sanity? I need to set better boundaries. Dear Claire and James, after my husband Luke tricked me into becoming a Wheatley Planet listener, nice. I've now tricked him back and turned him into a suggestible listener. Ooh, we are trick. currently on our honeymoon in New Zealand, driving around a too big camper van and listening to old best of episodes. Nice. Luke also made a special playlist for the trip and Claire's song Free popped onto the onto it the other day. It made me so happy on a bright I'm day. Free. <laughs> Do what I want. Oh, that's <laughs> not my song. Oh, yeah, okay, right, we'll right, do a different right, right. free song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, go on. The worst. Can I finish my I would love email. that, actually. Man. It made me so happy on a bright day driving through endless fields of sheep. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that's all the barring that was happening Classic in my sound. Next up is Melbourne. Do you sell your record anywhere in stores there? That would be the ideal souvenir from this trip. Two Canadians who love you too and your pods. Whoa. Pretty Whoa. nice. Well, actually, I do sell it in a shop called Run to the River. So you can buy it from there or from my website, Sell my record, my vinyls there. Yeah. And pretty soon I'm going to be selling them from a little country town called Bendigo. Bendigo. They reached mm. out to me. I'm sending them to the town Bendigo of ben- The vinyl. mayor of Bendigo. Bendigo Vinyl, the lovely guys that run that store. Lynette asked Bendigo. Asked if I could have, they could have Bendigo. a couple to sell in stock. So I'm going to be sending them there. And probably other places. I just had forgotten that I could actually sell them in actual shops. Yeah. So I've just been selling them on my website, yeah. which actually if you would like to buy I said vinyl, you absolutely can, okay. from my website, claire20.com. And you can also buy T-shirts there as well, lyrics, booklets, and you can download the album as well. It's all there if you would like to support said person making music. Or if you're a bad person, you can listen on Spotify. That's <laughs> true, you that's free. On Spotify. Yes, oh, and just before we go, I also have to plug my live shows. Oh, here we I go. i got to do here it. So I'm doing a show at the Wesleyan in Northgate on the 7th of May, 3 o'clock, Sunday afternoon. You get a free lyrics booklet with your ticket with some additional goodies. Women in my life now are um, which is so lovely. Uh, I'm bringing their mothers' groups mm-hmm. and friends and things 
So if you're a mum or a parent out there and wanting to connect with other parents. Is it a kids thing as well? Can you bring you kids? You can bring your kids. It's not a kids show though. Yeah. And I think people have said it's actually quite lovely to be able to bring your partner to and kind of sit and chill out. However, if you need to bring your kids, you absolutely can bring them. If they're old enough to have a seat, then they'll need to have a ticket. Basically, yep. that's how it and works. And there's also a buffet breakfast, which is really no, good. Oh, it's at 2 o'clock nice. in the afternoon. It's an all-day breakfast, but Claire. Nice. Oh, Lord, I don't know about that. But the Wesleyan does do lots of lovely food. So if you wanted to have lunch before or dinner after the show. Or, or during. Or during. Just like, you can have food <laughs> during <laughs> it as well. You absolutely can. Hannah Ackfield is playing support and she's a really amazing vocalist. Whoa. Zeke is going to be playing with me. It's going to be really fun. And so I'm doing two other shows, one on the 29th of April. That's a Saturday afternoon in Yakindanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the Sunday, April 30th in Mawela. In wow. the afternoon at the Civic Centre at 2 o'clock, both of those shows are. Fantastic. So that'd be really fun. Yeah, that's it. Come along. Come along. All right, we'll Come see along. you next week. Any suggestible, suggestible at suggestible.com. Suggestible at gmail.com. I'll do that next week, Mason. Oh, that's, oh, that's a teaser next for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Because you came in and yeah. then you brought so much content. We're now the, the, It's over 40 minutes and I refuse to do it's any more than that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, correct, mm. exactly. I have to go reassess my boundaries book. It's all a little too obvious. Yeah. Do you ever just like finish like talking about a thing and then you immediately put it down? Because now that you've used that content, you're on to the next content. I guess so, yeah. yeah. It must be the thing. Mm. Must be the thing that happens. Anyway, I'm going to work on better boundaries and not spending time with people that drain my sanity. And Elden Ring. <laughs> and she's loving Elden Ring, actually. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Tell him that you are. No, I'm not saying anything. I'm protecting my boundaries. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.